Good morning. It is Tuesday, October 6th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. Today I'm joined for the first time in a while by Bud Elliott, national analyst of 24-7 Sports, host of the Barton and Bud podcast. Uh, Bud, how's it going? Thanks for joining me. Trey, man, just excited football's back and uh, this I like this routine. You know, we're, we're, we're into it now. Yeah. So part of your routine is you write a, a weekly column called Bud's Bets, published that every Sunday. And I'm really interested in your process there. It looks like you're, you're moving on college football games really early. And, and then you, you're you're a hawk as far as tracking tracking all that movement throughout the week. And then and then you do live in-game betting, too. I don't know that much about gambling or about college football betting. But I wanted to do an episode, you know, or a few weeks into the season on like, what are the trends looking like? Like what, what does Vegas have any idea what they're doing? Do gamblers have any idea what they're doing? Like, what have you seen out there? So I, I thought you'd kind of be the perfect guy for it. So I'm going to start with just with that, bud. Like, does, does anyone know what they're doing uh, in, in the college football gambling landscape in 2020? I certainly don't. Uh, not not so far, at least. I'm like twenty and twenty two, I believe, on the year, which is you know terrible. I, I've had three straight years of fifty five percent ish. You know, sometimes a little better, sometimes a little worse. Uh, and I, I usually feel like I, I have a pretty good handle on the sport and the market. Uh, and I mean, look, forty two games is not a great sample set as far as gambling goes. But at the same time, um, like I, it, the market this year has been a little bit uh, a little bit off. Um, Part of that was early season stuff, but also there there have been, uh, you know, more more big upsets to this point in the year than normal, um, and there's just been a lot of wonky results and, and a lot of kind of strange movement. Part of that is is related, uh, well, not part of it. I think a lot of it is is most likely related to uh, to COVID, both in terms of guys, you know, being announced out late uh, or surprise guys who are are out late, like North Texas dudes, right on on Saturday we we saw uh, with like a lot of their secondary and linebackers being out, but also uh, having a tougher time getting a handle on, on how good teams are going to be because we didn't get a spring. We really didn't get summer camp and we didn't get fall practice where, where beat writers in our network could really report on what's happening in practice. Cause all, all the practices were closed pretty much across the country. Um, so yeah, like as far as trends, like I, I'm not a, I'm not a huge trend player, uh, but certainly some of the upsets have, have been interesting so far. Um, uh, like the very best teams have been fairly reliable, but other than that, it's it's wide open. As far as the process, so I every Sunday morning I I take and, and I make my own numbers for, for the game, both spread and, and total, right? And I use a couple of different power ratings out there, most of which are publicly available, some of which you know are, are private. I mesh them together with with different weightings, and then I, I take a look at the college ball injury reports and what happened yesterday in the games and, and make some adjustments to them. Uh, I, you know, because obviously an algorithm is not going to know which player was was playing. Texas Tech lost its quarterback in the game. Kansas State lost its quarterback in the game. You know, should you really upgrade those defenses at, after they both allowed you know relatively few points? No, probably not. Right. Uh, and then I try to to make my bets as soon as the lines come out because that's when, in theory, you're, you're going to get the most value before they before the lines can move. And you know, I, I think if you're someone who is um, who's not wagering, you know, 10, 20 grand on a game, it makes sense to go early because at first Vegas will not take big time bets on games. So the lines are, are fresher. The, the, the huge professional groups that want to get down, you know, 10,000, 20,000 on a game, they, they can't do that 
on a, on, on a Sunday afternoon or, or on a Monday. They have to wait until later in the week when, when the, the maximum bet limits are increased. So you can get a lot more value early in the week. Normally, that, that's, that's my strategy. Uh, this year, though, and I'll, I'll shout out one of my guys on, on Twitter, uh, Buck, he sent me this stat. He said, hey, bets who, who beat the closing line by three-plus points this year are 13 and 13. Huh. So normally, if you beat the market to that extent, you're, you're going to do really well. This year, no real value in it so far. I think it's funny that there's all this uncertainty about like just some of the lines are are off as you said you know you wrote in your call like Vegas doesn't quite know what they're doing yet but at the same time sports gambling is really having a moment uh certain states are, are getting legal there and I have a ton of friends who a few years ago were not betting on football and all of a sudden are now um are are very interested in it uh and I I just I just wonder if like that's it's just probably like the wrong time to get into it. But to your point, you can't place these huge bets. Not that anyone I know would, but it, you said Vegas kind of has a a limit um, early in the week, so like that kind of makes sense um, as a time to to get in on the action. But I just I, I just have a feeling, bud. Like if if guys like you who really know what they're doing and who study this and like have their own numbers, like. If you guys are struggling, like normal people like me would just get like just get hammered out there, right? Well, I, I don't know, man. There, there, there's some guys who who I, I don't think are super knowledgeable um, who are, are absolutely killing it this year. And uh, honestly, like this might be the best time ever, ever to do it if, if you're a casual better, because, you know, if if the people who really study this stuff know, know less than ever, uh, then then maybe that means the guys who set the lines also no less than ever, right? And so your disadvantage as far as your information versus Vegas information, it, it might not be you know quite as great this year. I, I guess that's that's another way to think about it if, if you wanted to. And that makes sense. And it, well, it kind of reminds me though of, of in the March Badness pool when the person who wins is the one who like chose the mascots. But Oh yeah, the bet on the teams wearing blue. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's It's been a fascinating year though, man. I'm, I'm, it's also an interesting year for like power ratings um, because how do you gauge how good these teams are cross conferences? I, 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 I think we have some fascinating questions coming up when the playoffs come, because normally these, these power ratings, which are, you know, regression type type stuff, comparing conferences to conferences and, and teams to teams like this year, they have no real like common data points to compare to other than the, the, like the one non-conference game played by the, the ACC and the one played by by the Big Twelve, I mean the Pac twelve is playing conference only. The Big Twelve is playing conference only. The SEC as well. Uh, I I'm not sure how good some of these power numbers are going to be when when they get to the playoff time or bowl season because we have nothing to compare it to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that makes a lot of sense. I'm going to ask you a few more questions about about like Vegas, and then I want to see if there's any any picks you kind of might love this week to to share with people. You talk about getting the lines wrong. Is is that in in the last few weeks, in your opinion, are the lines too high or are they too low? Like as a in I have seen some lines that I'm like, oh my gosh, like Texas was a 12 point favorite against TCU. Like what is are, are do you think teams are getting too much credit and 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 therefore the lines are 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 juiced or are you, are you seeing like shorter like smaller lines kind of being the ones that are tripping people up? So I, 
I'm not really sure what what's tripping people up. I, I with, with with Texas, I, I I didn't bet Texas in in that game. Um, but I also didn't necessarily love TCU because TCU's defense got absolutely torched by by Iowa State. Um, you know, I Texas actually didn't allow that that you know much as far as yards per play to Texas Tech. They just they gave them some incredible field position and and some special team scores, if I recall, in that in that game. Um, but like. You know, we can go the other way on this. Bama was a 17, 18 point favorite against Texas AM. And AM was a, what, a top 10, top 15 team. I don't remember what the poll said, uh, if, if, if you believe in, in, the, you know, in the polling. Um, and yet Bama covered that fairly easily. I, I do think that some of the, the numbers have to adjust faster this year because we, we don't really have the same priors. That we normally would, and like there are teams that are massively affected as far as guys missing practice, guys missing games. That's something that I think you really have to be on this in, in your manual adjustments to your stuff because, like for instance, I I bet Navy against Tulane, and I think if you just use a traditional power number that you want to pull from like an FPI or an SP plus or whatever, I I don't think it would have said to bet to bet Navy because BYU blasted them so badly. Mm-hmm. But I, I adjusted Navy a couple points because they didn't they didn't hit in practice. And there's a couple other teams out there who have played where it's like, okay, they, they had a lot of guys miss this game. The algorithm's not going to know that. And so it's going to bake in their performance of that game and 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 not really understand that when when they get a lot of their guys back, they'll probably be a, a lot better. Um so it's it's been weird. I don't I don't know that the lines are 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 too inflated. Um you know, there, there are some that have certainly been a little bit short and, and maybe should have been shorter. We're actually seeing, speaking of inflated, uh, we're seeing, as, as we talk, my, my screen's lighting up, uh, Miami's taking a little bit of money against Clemson. What's that line? Uh, now it's down to 14. It was 15 and a half. So, so like, okay, Southern Miss versus, versus North Texas. You mentioned that game was just a, a total mess as far as uh, uh, guys North Texas had out. Like, if you'd, if you'd bet North Texas, bud, on a Sunday and by Friday you realize that they're like missing guys, but they're going to play the game. So you're not going to get your bet refunded. Are you hitting that live in game a lot to almost hedge it? Is that, does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, now to hedge it, I honestly, I, at that point, I think it's just a new bet. Right. Ah. And, and like if, if you eval, if, if your, if your evaluation says, Hey, now I think that there's an edge. To, to betting Sutter Miss in in this game, uh, like if you have that insider information and, and you're watching, like a lot of that, yeah, you probably need to be watching the game and also have Twitter pulled up to, to the beat writers for that team to understand who's out. You take a quick look at what their normal depth chart is and you say, oh wow, okay, they're playing a lot of walk-ons in the secondary. That that's that's probably <laughs> probably not great. Um, but yeah, like I I think this year live wagering is is important uh, for sure. I I've actually not done a great job of it this year. I, I thought I would do better. I normally, you know, this is the first year I've, I've started to actually post my live wagering stuff. I normally do pretty well with it. And I, I, I have, you know, confidence that, that I'll, I'll come out ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm one game down on it, but um, man, it, it's, it's been a struggle for me this year. You're going to turn it around. You'll be fine. I, I love you talking about your, your screen lighting up. You're like a, a day trader. All right. Um, we're going to get you out of here. Just, just, I'm looking at Bud's bets. Like just like can you can you walk through like three or four that you really like and and kind of you uh, maybe explain the process of how you arrived at that decision to do it? Um, 
You got bets on the Texas OU game. You've got bets on Florida A&M, um, Arkansas, uh, Auburn, um, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. What do you really like here? Yeah, so uh, a, a couple that, that I, I really like. I'll, I'll try to find some ones that, that have moved. I, I hit Miami at Clemson uh, under 65 and then also under 65 and a half. But for the column, we use 65 is more widely available when I, when I posted it. Uh, that That's already down to 61. So I don't, I don't want to give that, that one out to everybody. Although... I still think any number in the 60s here might be a little bit too high, given that both these defenses are better than both these offenses, I, I think. Um, maybe Clemson's not so much, but Miami's defense is still pretty good. With Texas plus three, if, if, that, if that gets back to three, I, I think you need to take that. I, I make this game basically a pick em. Mm-hmm. Both these teams have suspect defenses, and both of them have you know pretty good, but maybe not quite as good as we expected offenses. So I'll, I'll take the plus three there if, if you can find it again. No problem. Has it, has it already uh, two others? Is that, that already moved? The Texas plus three. Yeah, that's actually that's actually moved. It's like it's uh it's, it's Oklahoma minus one and a half. Wow. Now. So that that was again like that's that's a good example here of why you want to bet these on a Sunday. I think I've actually gotten positive movement on one, two, three, four, five. Uh seven of my or eight of my nine so far. Okay. Have wow. had movement positive. Which is yeah, I mean, normally if I'm getting that. And I'm beating the closing line like, like I've been doing. I'm I'm winning, and this year I'm I'm not. So either the market is is inefficient this year, or it's just a random luck sampling, and, and we'll it'll turn around. As far as ones that like you could still take, uh, I I still like uh, South Carolina. I, I took them 11 and a half. Now they're 13. This is a game they need against Vanderbilt. I I think Vanderbilt is a lot worse than the next SEC team. They really can't score. Uh, I I don't think that they have the ability to move the ball. On, on South Carolina's defense like Tennessee and Florida did. And and I know it's weird to lay 11 and a half with, with an 0 and 2 team on the road, but they're 11 and a half for a reason. And I don't think people have fully realized how bad Vanderbilt is, and, and particularly Vandy's offense. They they're they're horrendous. Um I also think we might be getting some value on Auburn here. And I I laid the 16 points against Arkansas. So you're getting an Arkansas team coming off what might be its best game of the year. You're getting an Auburn team that just got dominated up front by Georgia, and Georgia has the best defense in the country by a ton, in my opinion. And Bill Connolly, my, my friend at ESPN, he has his numbers, and he's saying, "Look, like if the projections are right, Georgia's going to finish with the third best defense in the last 30 years." So there's this perception that Auburn's offense sucks, and that Arkansas is vastly improved. And I'm not sure I agree with either of those statements. And so I, I think. I think Auburn is favored by, by this amount for a reason, and I'm 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 taking Auburn to, to, to blow out Arkansas. That's a great point. Yeah, no, I definitely do think Auburn Auburn might suck, but like, and it, you laid out some practical reasons there, and then you're like, hey, with Auburn and even with South Carolina, they they kind of need to win big. Like they they could they could really use that in addition to however you know they might however many points they might be better than the other team by. That's uh, that's interesting. I like that you have you. I think it's smart that your games go off the beaten path a bit. You're not like itching to take Alabama, Ole Miss, and Georgia, Tennessee. I think that that's the mistake that a casual better would make, bud. Where they're like, "Hey, I just want to bet on my team or bet on the game of the week to make it more interesting." And you're like, "Hey, I got Louisiana Monroe versus Liberty. Like, I'm I'm digging into the my bag of tricks here." So it's uh, it's 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 interesting stuff to to peer through your your bets column. That, that was a fun one, and you know the thing is with with Bud's bets, I I update it when when I make the bets, right? So like I tr- I try to hit the ones that I think are big discrepancies on a Sunday, but if it's just a little bit of a discrepancy on a Sunday, 
I'm not going to bet it because there's a lot of there's increased likelihood this year of something weird like COVID affecting these games. So I'm trying to hit the ones that I think are big edges at the release on Sunday, and then later in the week, like if if I still see an edge and we have a little bit more information certainty, you know, like less chance that guys get held out due to COVID stuff, uh, then then I'll, I'll go ahead and fire on them. We also have you know totals come out over unders basically on on Mondays, and then later in the week, a lot of these first half uh, lines come out. I'm on a terrible streak, by the way, dude. I have lost two first-half team total unders in back-to-back weeks due to the team surrendering a, surrendering a safety. Oh. I, had a, I had Vandy under three-and-a-half first-half points against A&M. A&M drops the punt in the end zone. Uh, yeah, for the safety. Oh. And then I had uh, Tulsa under ten-and-a-half points against UCF. UCF's guy runs backwards four yards into the end zone and gets tackled for the safety. They, they finish with 12. That's so. a bad beat. I've lost. I've lost. Yeah, that's that's the kind of run I'm on this year. You'll turn it around. This is uh, you're playing. It's like when you play blackjack right every time. Like eventually, like you'll you know you'll come out looking a little bit better. All right, Bud's bets. Everyone go. Everyone go check it out. He uh, does a really good job with this. He updates it like he says. Gets in the comments section as well and, and talks about his live bets. Follow him on Twitter at Bud Elliott Three. Thank you, Bud, for joining us. Have a good one and good luck this weekend. Trey enjoyed it. You as well. Thank you, Bud. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. For our producer, Tani Levitt, for Bud Elliott, I'm Trey Scott. We'll talk to you all on Wednesday.